Hey there, pod pals. Are you a print-on-demand creator looking to stay ahead of the curve? You want to know exactly when to launch your designs for every key season and event? How about a chuckle with an extra dad joke to brighten your day? If you said yes to any of these, then it's time to join the print-on-demand cast VIP list. As a VIP, you'll get our free annual design calendar, an amazing guide to help you time your creations perfectly throughout the year. And of course, we'll include a bonus dad joke each week as well. Signing up couldn't be easier. Just visit printondemandcast.com slash VIP and enter your email. Don't let another day of potential pass you by. Become a part of the VIP list, grab your annual design calendar, and let's dive into a year of inspired creating together. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print On Demand cast. Each week, join Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print-on-demand industry and equip you with the tools, advice, and strategy you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's show. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Print-On-Demand cast. As always, this is Josiah, and I'm here once again in person for the second time <laughs> with Travis, who is... In person, face-to-face, across the desk from me. Travis, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's good to be back in your office, um, hanging out, drinking a beer, and doing a podcast. This cozy little little, uh, converted garage office that we (laughs) find ourselves at the moment. Um, Yeah, man, we're going to have an exciting episode. Uh, Lots of tidbits and information. If you are listening, then you know from the title of this topic that we're going to talk about Amazon and selling on Amazon uh, basically, I think we're calling this Selling on Amazon 101. Travis and I both have um, knowledge in this field because this is where we started. We started selling um, not shirts and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. um, we won't bore you with the different types of RA and, and wholesale and stuff like that. But uh, that's what we did initially on Amazon. Mm-hmm. It all took place there. So we are going to uh, talk to you about what we've learned. But before we do that, Travis, we have another point of interest. Ooh, exciting. Here it comes. So this week's point of interest uh, has to do with Epson and the new DTG printer that they announced in, what, in January. Yeah, they Is announced that... it in January, and I, I remember seeing it back. So it's not like a brand new point of interest. Sure, sure. But I remember seeing it back uh, back then. I think they had it at the Long Beach ISS show mm-hmm. and um, had a video that was kind of making the rounds. And I remember forwarding it to you yeah. and uh, was just really impressed You know, with with this machine so yeah it does it is a powerful machine Mm -hmm. um if you are listening and you're wondering you know what's so great about the epson it's the 3070 is the the new i think it's at the f3070 f3070 yeah and it's a dtg direct to garment correct prints t-shirts or prints on cotton Cotton surfaces yeah yeah although this one boasts that it can do you know a lot of linens and rayon and stuff like that i think Hmm. they might have kind of um expanded that but uh, the one that we have here uh, is the F2100, which has been Epson's latest printer for, I mean, how do you know how long it's been around? It's been F2100? around for a few years. They had the F2000. Right. Um, and and that was, I think, that that was their flagship model for probably, or I say flagship, their entry level. Sure. If, if you know, DTG entry level machine. Um, yeah. I want to say they had that for quite a while. They actually started without white. And then they That's created right. a white edition of the F two thousand, 
Um, and then the F2100 was kind of a, it was an upgrade, obviously. They took right. away some of the, the maintenance requirements that the F2000 yeah, had. Yeah, the F2000 was very manual maintenance heavy, yeah. right? Yeah, you had to do tube flushes and all of these different things because of, you know, the white ink. If any, if you know anything about DTG, the white ink is kind of the, that's the problem child. <laughs> right. and, and the reason is because they actually use, I can't remember the actual compound, but it's, it's actually like a metal that they put into the mm, ink right. to make white ink. You know, so it right. it has kind of a different consistency, yeah. and so because of that, they have to keep flushing it and moving it around so it doesn't settle and then clog heads and right. and create right. havoc in Issues. the machines. Yeah, because um, yeah, as, as inconvenient as manual tube flushing is, uh, a damaged print head is <laughs> probably quadruple as, as inconvenient yeah. when you have to fork over two thousand dollars to replace that. So, yeah. So the 3070 is the newest in Epson's um, line of DTG printers. The thing about this that kind of, that 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 catches my attention is the fact that it can print a 14 by 16 inch full color print in less than a minute for less than a dollar in ink. <laughs> it's insane. That's nuts. I printed a 14 by 16 print today for one of our clients. He wanted it as, as big as we could get it. Mm-hmm. And it was a level four white. And I ran the cost estimator just to see where it was at. And it was like a dollar fifteen. And that was on a white. Like no so it underbase, had no white no underbase? No white underbase, okay. nothing. If I were to move that to a dark color template, and even at a level three or four, it's like $6 an ink. Wow. Which is insane. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, that that is wildly... Um, Intriguing and it's a huge selling point. The reason it can go so fast is because this is Epson's first machine with a dual head, mm-hmm. a dual print head. I guess yeah. you could say, right? Yeah. So, I mean, you might you might know more than I do. I'm just kind of um, taking an educated guess. I guess you could say is I'm assuming that it lays down white and color simultaneously. I would think it would have to. Just you know, I mean, I'm pretty sure it would have to to be able to do it in a minute. Right. Um, I think that's what uh, the brother D, uh, GTX does, yeah. which is kind of, it, you know, for a long time, um, it was kind of like, which entry level DTG do you want to get? Yeah. Well, you know, the the two big kids on the block were the brother GTX mm-hmm. and the Epson F2100. Right. Um, the brother coming in at like, I want to say 25 grand. Yeah. Um, at the time... Um, when when we started, the F twenty one hundred was around sixteen grand, yep. fifteen grand, somewhere in there. Yep. It's since dropped because of, you know, I mean, just like any technology, um, things get cheaper, sure. and so the the price has dropped. But um, how much is the uh, the thirty seventy? Yeah, the thirty seventy comes in. I guess that that suggested retail price, the SRP, is fifty thousand dollars. Fifty grand. Fifty grand, and the the ink itself, you know. Is is a, a huge savings. It's one hundred and fifty dollars mm-hmm. per liter compared to I think the twenty one hundred is somewhere around three hundred and sixty dollars for wow. a liter of ink. So even le- less than half. Less than half for the ink. But here's the thing, you know, we we recently, you know, here at What for Apparel, were at a crossroads where we had one F twenty one hundred, and we wanted to branch out. I mean, we needed to buy another machine mm-hmm. uh, for volumes' sake and also for redundancy because yeah. You know that if your printer breaks down, it doesn't matter if the tech is guaranteed to be there within 48 hours when you have a warranty. 
That 48 hours is critical because <laughs> yeah. you are missing. All, you're, you're just stockpiling orders. Yeah. And um, so we, we entertained, you know, this, of course, we, we, talk, we looked at this. It wasn't available to ship at the time. I think now they're saying it was supposed to ship in July, um, but due to COVID, I, it's yeah, hard we to ha- say when it's actually going to move. Yeah, we haven't actually. I mean, it may be shipping now. I, I, I don't know. We didn't do enough Yeah, you had to spend $50,000 really. to find Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I didn't have fifty grand to, to check that fact. Yeah, it turns, out, it turns out all sales are final. So, um, so yeah, we, we were thinking about it, but the reality is, if you're listening to this and you are just starting and you're, you're doing decent volume, but you're still small, uh, as small as a business, um, you can get three F twenty one hundreds for the price <laughs> of this one right. third, you know, thirty seventy, which is. Which is fine because F2100s work great. We have mm-hmm. two of them. We're able to move out a lot of volume. Yeah, it, it, it really it, the name of the game really is volume. Right. right when you when you can run the numbers and justify if you're running 300, 400 prints a mm-hmm. day, then yeah, you're probably at a point in your business yeah. where you can afford to spend the fifty thousand dollars because mm-hmm. it's going to save you an ink labor and crank out a lot more t-shirts. Right over over time. Yeah, because I mean, it's not just the ink savings; it's the labor savings as right. well. You know, we were just actually talking uh, with your partner Jason yeah. out. You know, um, before we recorded, um, you know, you guys have a unique situation because uh, you have two machines now. You have two F twenty one hundreds, and and at some point, you have to make the decision: do we go with three F twenty one hundreds, or sure. do we sell? One, one of the F twenty one hundreds and yeah. and get a thirty seventy, yeah. um, which that that seems like a really smart move for you guys potentially. I mean, obviously, sure. again, it all sure. comes down to that volume question. But then you still have that redundancy, but yet you have this incredibly uh, efficient um, ink saving machine that you can crank out most of your volume. And then if it happens to go down and you get that warranty call, sure. that forty eight hours, you still right. got that twenty one hundred sitting there that can crank out you know your orders in the meantime. Yeah. Yeah, so just just be uh, cognizant of of where you're at. Run your numbers. We're not. I mean, this is, it is impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, a minute, a shirt a minute. Yeah, for less than a dollar. <laughs> That's crazy. Uh, which which is wild. Which which a lot of the shirts that most people print aren't fourteen by sixteen. Yeah, yeah. So then it's even less than less than a yeah, dollar. I'm, I'm like literally wearing cents. a shirt right now that if we printed this on the 3060, I bet you it'd be about 20 cents in ink. Yeah. I mean, we're we're getting to the point where, you know, this particular DTG machine, as they continue to get these ink costs down, you know, you're getting to the screen print pricing. Yeah, I was just you know? going to say, that's, you know, in, in our last episode, we, we talked to Mike, and, mm-hmm. and one of the questions that came to me after we were done recording was, I wanted to ask him DTG wise. Does he does he think that it will get to the point where it becomes mm-hmm. almost screen print prices? Where yeah. you know, if you're running a thirty seventy and you can run a one color shirt for fifteen cents an ink, you can mm-hmm. probably compete yeah. with a screen printer that requires someone to buy three hundred of that shirt. While I'll run two fifty for the same price or two hundred or whatever. Yeah, like I think. Because DTG is still very much in its infancy. It's only 10 years old, Yeah, the technology. I think, I mean, there's, there's stuff out there now that is kind of a hybrid, has multiple platins that will move through and print, mm-hmm. and print on Yeah, but you're talking $200,000, like $300,000 machine. That's like, that's like three steps above even the 3070 that we're talking about. Right. That's like Dream Center and, and you know, <laughs> who, who, who fulfills all of Amazon stuff yeah. level, you know. So yeah, it's very impressive, um, but be cognizant when you're listening. I, we will not 
reimburse you for your purchase <laughs> of a 3070. The POD cast is not responsible for your spending habits just because we hyped up the 3070. Do your math to make sure it works for your business right. model. Um, it is a it is a super awesome machine, but make sure that you can justify that before you uh, you move forward. Cause, totally. Because if you do send a receipt, I'm giving it straight to Travis. That's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> and I will file so, it in a special filing system that I yes. have that sits next to my desk. Yes, file 15, I believe <laughs> is what they call that. So, yeah, that is this week's point of interest before I move on. Um, so, yeah, do your research, look into it. Um, Epson's a great brand. If you're just starting out and you need a 2100, um, I, I recommend them. They're mm-hmm. great. They've worked great for us, both of them. There's lots of stuff out there, um, and it's really just preference-based. So if you have any questions about Epson, the 2100, whatever, anything associated, email us, info at printondemandcast.com. We've both used it. We know what the 2100 does. So <laughs> we'd be happy to talk to you about it. So that ends this week's uh, point of interest. And with that, we're going to move to the main event. Main event. So the main event, Travis, is selling on Amazon 101. And and mm-hmm. to be transparent with our listeners, we got the show notes done ten minutes ago. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, life is crazy, but but th- thankfully this is a subject that we have enough experience on that we can ra- we can write down some stuff that we feel is going to be um, useful yeah. for the listeners. So Travis, yeah. start us out here. I'm going to let you kind of drive this uh, this car here for this portion of the podcast. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll um, give you a, a pitch and you knock it out of the park or give you a question you answer the question not, not to put any expectation on you but you you gotta crush this so i don't know about knocking it out of the park but i'll give it a shot you give it a solid bunt um no so amazon there's yep. two different kinds of accounts professional and non-professional mm-hmm. tell the listeners what's the difference what are the advantages of one or the other sure so um, I mean, all, all the stuff, guys, you can Google. All, all this stuff sure. you may already know. You yeah. know, I mean, yeah. Um, but yeah, so a, a non, when you just start out, you can get a basic account. I, I think they call it a basic account. And it's, um, it's exactly that. It's a basic account that allows you to sell on Amazon. And you can sell a lot of different things. Um, the caveat is, I mean, there's a couple of things that you can't do that you that if you upgrade to a professional account, you can do. One right. of the things with the basic account is that they charge you a dollar per sale. Um, so if you do the math, the professional account is thirty nine ninety nine, so 40 right. bucks a month. Yeah. Um, so if you, once you've sold 40 items per month, it just makes sense to go with a professional account. Um, the other thing you can't do with um, a basic account is you can't use the auto or the uh, inventory uploader files or what, Amazon sellers call flat files, right. which can really increase your ability to to quickly populate listings It'll and scale quick. Yeah, you can really you can put out a lot of a lot of listings out there for people to find you know your brand's uh, items on on Amazon. So, um, like I have, uh, I'm I mean I've I, I can't remember. I don't think I ever had a basic account. I immediately went to the professional account yeah. because. Um, it just made sense for where I was at when I started right. and, you know, I've never looked back. It's kind of just a, a it's a small cost of doing business. Sure. And, and you, I mean, you look at it, I remember when we started the 
the professional account is forty dollars a month. It it kind of uh, at the beginning is kind of a, a boot in the ass to like you got to make that forty dollars yeah. back. Yeah, <laughs> you know I mean? yeah, you get selling by that cost. Yeah, you got to you got to list some stuff. You, you got to sell something. It. You yeah. know, um, so yeah, we we've had we started with a professional account too. Um, mm-hmm. Do you know anyone that started with a basic account, or does do most people just kind of jump in because you get the I mean, prime badge and, and all yeah, that? Yeah, I, I think I, I mean I think one of the you, you I think a lot of people that are doing print on demand, um, I could see them starting with a basic account because they're not one hundred percent sure. Maybe they don't sure. have the uh, ability to create a Amazon inventory upload file, or right. you know they don't need that necessarily, right. and they're just kind of dipping their toe in the water. Maybe they don't have that many designs, sure. um, and so they're just you know they're going to be a little slower about listing, which is totally fine. Yeah. Um, and so you could really grow into a professional account if you wanted to. I, I could see that a lot. Um, that would be a lot more viable for somebody doing print on demand. For me, sure. I was doing, you know, like we talked about retail arbitrage, right. private label, wholesale. Um, I mean, I remember that first month I was, uh, you can actually su- uh, sell some used products on Amazon too. Mm-hmm. You just have to, you know, describe it and say that it's used and all right. of that. Um, I was looking for books. I was, I basically was selling everything except for my kids, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and so I, because I wanted to hit that number of yeah. 40, you know, and, and so I was just really trying to get a lot of products out there. I was utilizing FBA, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and I was not self, I was not fulfilling things by myself. I was letting Amazon fulfill them for me. Sure. Um, but I could see with, Print on demand, most of that print on demand is going to be FBM or fulfilled by merchant. Again, we'll right. talk about that in a right. minute. And so I could see you kind of growing into that professional account over time. But to answer your original question, I, I don't know most of the people that I associate with that are on the Amazon platform are you, you are using a professional that. account. Right. Okay. So as, as we get into more of the, the details here, so that they've got their professional account, Let's say you know someone listening has, has been inspired up to this point because we are we are inspiring very inspiring. Um, you can though give us credit for your business success and we will take ten percent. Yeah, that's all I'm saying. Um, so so they sign up for the professional account. Um, talk about UPCs mm-hmm. versus GTIN exemption and brand registry. What's the advantages of doing UPC, GTIN? Sure. What 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 the hell is GTIN? You know that. You know, so so what what would be the difference, and what would be the the benefit of doing one over the other? So um, GTIN and and you could quick Google this, but I believe it stands for um, Global Trade um, identification. identification Number, and basically a GTIN is a UPC or. Um, an EIN or, you know, um, the, on the back of the, the ISBN number, you know, basically it's a barcode. Okay. And it, um, you know, UPC is what we use in, in the U S um, yeah. Global trade item number. Okay. GTIN. Um, and EAN, I think it is, is what they use in the UK. One is 12 numbers. One is 13 numbers. Um, but it's basically a barcode and you've seen it, you know, a thousand times on products. Um, and it's how, you know, companies label their products. And so on Amazon, they give you or they expect you to have some type of GTIN um, for your product. Because if you're going to sell a, a Nike shoe on Amazon, um, you, they want to make sure that it's the right color or the right, right, you know, which is what the UPC will tell them. Right. Um, so 
when we're selling print on demand products, I mean, I'm, I, there's no GTIN on right. that. It's, <laughs> I'm making it. I made a design. Right. I put it on a coffee mug. Right. Now, I, I could go and I could purchase a UPC. Mm-hmm. And um, there's the GS1. Um, comp, uh, it's a, I think it's a government agency or something or, or some right. type of – I'm, I'm kind of talking out my butt right now. So, <laughs> <laughs> so forgive me. But it's basically – they're kind of the governing authority of UPCs or official UPCs. Okay. And there's, there's certain um, – like the – Certain numbers say, you know, that the, they basically say this is the type of item, and then the, these numbers in the middle say it's this particular brands, and then you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it, the UPC gives certain data, and if you want to go through the GS one, um, you know, that the the actual price of the UPC codes can get you know pretty up there. And when yeah. we're talking print on demand, we're wanting to have hundreds, thousands of products out there. So you start buying a UPC for every single product, and then you start doing T-shirts. Yeah, <laughs> and a, you've got size for each size and color. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, you know, one shirt, you know, could have thirty UPCs that you need uh, one design. Yeah. So um, there are other second-party sellers that are selling like used GS1 codes that. And, and I don't want to really get into that. Um, yeah, you know, yeah. it's kind of gray hat, you know, maybe. <laughs> um, but there are certain marketplaces. Um, we're talking about Amazon today, but Walmart requires a UPC. They will not give you. Well, they make it very difficult to get yeah. the GTIN exemption, yeah. which is what we were going to. That was kind of the right. other option right. on Amazon is to get this GTIN exemption. And so typically when you're selling or when you're starting out, you want to get a GTIN exemption, and you can go into your little Amazon search bar, type in GTIN exemption. It'll you find the little link, and it'll give you kind of the what you need to do to get that GTIN exemption. And typically, people that are just starting out are going to use the generic brand name. Right. So they literally use generic. And so when you go to their page on Amazon, when they've listed it under the brand name, it'll say generic. <laughs> now, if you do have a brand and you have trademarked your brand name, you can get into what Amazon calls brand registry 2.0. Okay. And then you have, and you can use your brand as your brand name on your GTI and exemption. Um, you used to kind of be able to get through that and kind of cheat the system a little bit and right. you didn't have to have the trademark. Right. Um, Amazon keeps tightening, you know, the belt and yeah. they keep, uh, putting you know they keep upping the uh requirements and so now you really do need to have that trademark and get into brand registry 2.0 but that does give you some other options you can do videos on your page and you can do some special things through brand registry 2.0 you can also um make sure that no one else is using your designs on their products and other things and so there's some there's some seller controls that you have access to with that um but I mean, if you're just starting out, I would highly recommend getting the GTIN exemption yeah. um, for your products on Amazon. Uh, you know, unless you're planning on building a, a you know a brand that you're going to have in stores or or you know right. maybe limiting your SKUs more, um, then maybe that's a different conversation. Yeah, I know when we were, we were first starting out. I mean, eventually we got the GTIN exemption, but I, I remember purchasing UPCs by. Mm-hmm. 500,000 batches and just yeah. copy and paste into a spreadsheet and then you use that and make sure you mark it off so we don't duplicate it or, right. or whatever. So, and, and a lot of sellers do that. Yeah. You yeah. Know? And, and so, I mean, it's it's a little bit, 
it adds to the workflow mm-hmm. uh, a little bit, but it's totally doable. Um, we, we've done it for a while, but yeah, now I, I've now heard we, some horror stories though about Amazon clamping down on some of those non GS one UPCs. Really? Okay. Yeah, and they come after you and they you know hey provide documentation for this and they they can suppress your listings, um, which means basically that they don't they show don't up in search, yeah. Yeah. and you know. Then so what's the, the point? Documentation <laughs> like a receipt. You, I mean, what what is if they want if if what they will ask for? Um, they will ask for your product with the packaging with the GTIN or the UPC showing prominently on the packaging. And if you know anything about print on demand, <laughs> we're shipping these things in white boxes, man. No, you know, it's a poly bag. <laughs> yeah, it's a poly bag for a T-shirt. You know, there ain't no UPC. <laughs> so yeah, so. Um, my recommendation, my recommendation is GTI and exemption yeah. using generic as your brand. Yeah. Um, it's really simple. They've allowed, I mean, they've made it pretty easy. Amazon has uh, to get that, and you can you basically choose your categories that you're going to sell in. Sure. So you can get like a GTI and exemption in clothing for generic. Uh, if you're right. doing T-shirts, you can get one in home and kitchen. If you're doing mugs or tumblers or you know, so there yeah. or or home goods, yep. you know, different things like that. So they make it pretty easy. Yeah. So let's say now, I mean, they've, they've got, they've decided UPC, GTIN. When it comes to actually listing products on Amazon, there is a an interface to do that on the back end through your Seller Central. Mm-hmm. You can add the mockups and type in all the all the data one by one, or you can do what you referred to earlier, which is uh, flat files, which mm-hmm. is like a bulk upload. Right. Now, you are a flat file guru <laughs> in comparison to me. Because every time I sit down to try and learn flat files, I would rather take a searing hot needle and put it <laughs> through my eye. <laughs> like, I don't have... I mean, I'm sure it's easy once you learn it. and But it's, it's, a, it's a spreadsheet, basically, yeah. that you populate and mm-hmm. upload. So... Tell people, you kind of touched a little bit, you know, scaling-wise, flat files are definitely Mm -hmm. the way to go if you want to do bulk listings at once. So what's the benefit to you Mm. to use flat files opposed to just uploading manually? Um, Well, I mean, 100%, it's it's the ability to scale. Sure. Um, How many many listings do you have now? um, Do you know? I think I have around now. This is including sizes and colors sure. of shirts and mugs. Uh, you know, we we sell different sizes of mugs and different. You know, I think I have around thirty to thirty five thousand uh, listings. And, and all of those were yeah flat file. All of those are flat file. So yeah, so we for each product we use a different flat file. Um, so for our mugs, we have a, a flat file for mugs. Sure. And um, you can do a lot of things with flat files. You can update existing listings. So let's say, um, so this this is really important in Q4. This is another benefit to flat files. Um, all of a sudden, we're getting really backed up. We're getting slammed. <coughs> Excuse me. We we were um, doing a lot of production at our facility, and we were doing uh, seller fulfilled prime for a lot of these. So we had certain mugs that we had to get out that day um, so they would get to their customers in two days because we were doing self-fulfilled prime. And so the ones that didn't sell may start getting backed up. And so what we could do with the flat files, we could say, okay, take our handling time, which is 
basically your the time that you get from the order to where you till till you have to say it's been shipped and inner tracking into Amazon. Right. Um, let's take it from three days to five days, and and then you know it's at five days, and we're getting closer to Christmas, and now all of a sudden all my listings are showing that they're going to arrive after Christmas. Well, we've got the time. We've got we've got the the uh, ability to get these out faster. Let's take it down to two days. And now my listings are showing that they're going to arrive before Christmas. Sure. And all that is was literally one spread or one one column on that spreadsheet that I just typed a two in, <laughs> right. and then uploaded it to Amazon. Can you imagine how long it would take to do that for thirty thousand? I'd have to go into each individual listing and change the handling time. For every single one. So, I mean, that's one example. Price changes are another one. Um, If I decided to do... So when we did decide to do uh, Seller Fulfilled Prime, it's actually a different skew than our our main, you know, just regular coffee mug skew. And so we had to re-upload that whole file again, but we had to have a different shipping template because now it's a Seller Fulfilled Prime template. So I was able to add uh, an append you know, to my SKU mm-hmm. column and just put a P for seller or SFP for seller fulfilled prime. And I was able to change the template and boom, we have live all of our products as seller fulfilled prime. Again, you would have to recreate that manually one by one by right. one. So it gives you a lot of flexibility, really. Yeah. Um, and yes, it is when you first start it, it's it is akin to sticking searing hot pokers in your <laughs> eyes, <laughs> or it can be, you know, especially to guys like us. We are, sure. uh, you know, we're kind of, uh, you know, squirrel, you know, <laughs> shiny object syndrome yeah. kind of guys. We want to do the next thing. And right. so really focusing on a spreadsheet is probably not our forte, but right. there are people out there that love that, oh, you know, absolutely. and they're good at it. And, and we, have, we have a mutual friend, Mike Dudley, who yes. is... He, I, that's I, his jam. That is his <laughs> jam. I, my my old nine to five job. He was actually my boss, and he would like he would people would go to him like, "Hey, Mike, I have this thing." Blah blah. blah build up the spreadsheet, and he would just like turn on some Johnny Cash and <laughs> break that thing out in ten minutes. Right. And it would have functionality that I didn't even know Excel had. So <laughs> right. You do this, it turns that. Blah blah. I'm like, mm-hmm. dude. God bless you. <laughs> the world needs more people like you because I am certainly not of, of that ilk. You know. Totally. I, you know, I think it, it is painful at first, but I mean, isn't that kind of business? You know, you, you got to yeah, go through the pain uh, to get the gold. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's it's, it's learning curves and growing pains. You know, yeah. I'm just waiting for you to make a software to make it automated so I can just push a button. Hmm. That's a How good idea. That? Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll do that maybe sometime. You should. Maybe the, maybe people listening would be interested. Yeah, maybe they would. <laughs> maybe we'll be talking about that in the future. Stand by <laughs> the future episode of Print on Demand Cast, the cheap plug episode. <laughs> uh, so you've mentioned a couple times um, the letters FBA, the letters FBM. Mm-hmm. Um, what do each of those mean, and what do they entail? to the person listening that wants to sell. Sure. Um, as it pertains to print-on-demand, um, you're likely, and uh, you should, start with FBM. And FBM stands for Fulfilled by Merchant. Right. So that means when the order comes in, you are responsible for the fulfillment of that item, whether you do it in-house or whether you drop ship it from right. a company like Printful or Printify right. or wherever. Right. Um, so, but once you've kind of established 
yourself as a seller and you've, you're seeing trends, you're seeing certain items that are you know, selling more than others. And so at that point, and particularly as we're going into Q4 and you have certain items that are selling better than others, you know that you're going to get four to five X sales likely, you know, of these things. Um, FBA fulfilled by Amazon can come into the picture and really kind of help you um, have have less pain really <laughs> right. in Q4 particularly yeah, yeah because basically trigger. so basically FBA is Amazon is fulfilling it so what what that entails is that you create your product and maybe you do you know 10 of them or you know 30 of them or whatever sure. and you put labels on them they're called FN SKUs fulfillment network SKUs and it's a different SKU from your your skew because right. it's for Amazon. It's sure. their fulfillment network skew, and you put stickers on them that show what the F and skew is. And I love that name, F and skew. I think it's it's fun funny. to say when you're frustrated when you, sending stuff. Yeah, Amazon. exactly. You know, it gets a little, you know, just allows you a little bit of a levity in the middle of sure. You know, the chaos. Yeah, and the chaos yeah. of that Amazon is. <laughs> yes, for sure. So you once you label all your products, you put them in a box and and. Um, you know, you go through all the steps on the uh, on sending items into Amazon, um, and then they have preferred carriers. UPS is their partnered carrier for parcels. You can do pallets as well if you want LTL. Um, less than a truckload is what LTL stands for, and um, and then you send it in. And then when an order comes in, uh, first of all, it's Prime when it's in FBA. Yep. So I mean, as you as we both know. Prime stuff sells way better than non-prime stuff. It's why yes. I did seller fulfilled Prime last Q4. Right, because you get that Prime badge. A lot of people will do a search and they'll say, "Show they'll me filter. all of the things yeah. that are Prime." I, I don't do. want to see anything else. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so there's a lot more volume or a lot more eyeballs you get on your products with the Prime badge on them. Um, I mean, there is a little bit of a kind of a you're rolling the dice a little bit to because you're you're anticipating sales, but sure. I mean that's what. I mean, that's what manufacturing is. You're anticipating <laughs> demand. Right. You're pr- creating the products to, to then give to the marketplace, and you're anticipating that they're going to sell them or they're yeah. going to buy them. Yeah. Um, there are some different fees with FBM. Yeah, so- yeah. tell us about because I, I know you know part, part of the thing about selling on Amazon is you get this massive platform, you get all mm-hmm. these eyes, but they are sure to take their, take their, their chunk, their cut, to give you that pleasure. Right. Uh, and that and that honor to list on their platform. So tell us a little bit about the fee structure. Sure. So um, there's always going to be a referral fee with what's called they call a referral fee, and that's FBM or FBA. So for for example, a coffee mug um, is going to be a 15% of the sales price referral fee, and that's that's sales price or sales plus shipping price, whatever that total right. is. They're going to take 15%. Um, it's the same thing with FBA. So they're going to take that. It's always free shipping. So you got to keep that in mind as you're sure. pricing FBA items. But they're going to take that 15%. And then they're also going to pay, take a per unit fulfillment fee. They used to have a weight-based fee and a pick-and-pack fee. And they've kind of combined it into this uh, per unit fulfillment fee. And they have different size tiers. Uh, so, for instance, a, a shirt that weighs, you know, five ounces or, sure. you know, something like that. FBA would be a small, um, uh, a small standard size, like a, a, anything that's like more than a pound to like I want to say nine pounds or something like that, 
is a a large they call it a large standard size yeah. um, and that's so that's a little bit more and then you get into oversized products which is um, uh, based on the length and the width and the depth and if right. they if those those three you know um, measurements come up to some number then it becomes oversized sure. and obviously it costs more yeah. so they so they take their 15% and then they take a per unit fulfillment fee um, which can be you know, so so for instance for a, a coffee mug when i sell a coffee mug it's around it's around like i don't know four and a half bucks something like that um, to ship like an 11 ounce coffee mug sure. FBA. The yeah. other thing that you do need to can factor in when you're doing FBA is your inbound shipping charge because it costs you to send ship, it. yeah, to right. send it to Amazon so they can fulfill the order. So there's, um, there's, and then of course, just your labor that you're taking to, to sure. make 30 of these things, <laughs> put the lit, you know, the, the, the packaging, put them, yeah, put them yeah. packaging yep. and yep. the stickers and all that stuff. So there's, there's a little bit more, um, but it's kind of, like we were talking about for Q4, that's 30 items that you don't have to make in the middle of Q4 or don't have to send off to your drop shipper right. in the middle of the busiest time of the year. So it, it really can help you. So for instance, um, last Q4, I sent in four pallets of coffee mugs. Yeah. Um, and you know, this year I'm going to do very similar, similar How stuff. How long were those you know? four pallets last year? Well, I mean, for. some of them. So some of the SKUs, every, uh, so every box, I did boxes of 36, and every box um, had a different SKU. Sure. So I had, I don't know, 70-some SKUs with, you know, on all those pallets. And some of those boxes, I sent in probably three or four more boxes just parcel yeah. later yeah. Um, because they sold out that fast. And some of them didn't quite you know, sell all the way through. Yeah. So maybe I sold 20 and I still had 16 left and sure. I just kind of trickle sale through those. But sure. I mean, if you do your math right, you can figure out, um, once I've sold 20, I've probably made my profit on those. And right. even if I, you know, don't want to pay my long-term storage fees, if they're just sitting there for a long time, perhaps yeah. I had a Christmas design that didn't do as well. Um, and it's not going to sell the rest of the year because it's very seasonal. Right. Maybe I just destroy those and just take my profit on the 20, you know, and, yeah. and just kind of say, okay, I made a little bit of money. I made more money on these ones that I sold all 36, but right. you get the idea. Yeah, totally. So what would you say? I mean, <clears throat> you said starting out is, is FBM, but I agree with you, you know, starting out on print on demand. We do all FBM right now on what for apparel, just cause it's, it's easier for mm -hmm. us at the moment. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I agree with you. FBA can kind of alleviate some of those pressure cooker situations mm -hmm. where instead of having to print 45 mugs that day, they have to go out by two. <laughs> <laughs> right. They, they just take them out of your, out of your FBA stock, stock that mm -hmm. you have there. Yeah. Um, yeah, we actually run uh, reports um, every other week of what's sold Okay. What's done, you know, well, uh, all throughout the whole year. So we're constantly sending um, FBA products sure. in that that have sold and have, have a track record of selling. Um, and then, like I said, we're gonna we're ramping that up for Q4. So we've sure. already sent in um, a lot of our designs sure. to our printer. That's and they're they're cranking them out right now because um, I mean that you know four pallets takes a while to. <laughs> To, you know, for Sift mugs, to process. Sub, yeah, to <laughs> sublimate. So, 
um, we've already sent, you know, it's, it's August now and we've already sent those away because so we want to have those, um, you know, going into yeah, Amazon right. by the 1st of October at the latest. Right. right. Um, just because sometimes you just never know how long it's going to take Amazon to receive these products. Um, sometimes with COVID even, uh, it's, it's even gotten longer. So yeah. we want to make sure that they're there for that Black Friday for sure. you know, yeah. uh, sale yeah. and then all through December. Because I'm not kidding, um, and you know it just as well, but for our listeners, you will sell five times as much. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of people that say in December... They just in December from like Black Friday to Christmas, they do half of their sales in the whole year in that <laughs> yeah. that short of amount of time. Yeah. Half yeah. of their revenue comes in that Q, one Q4 month. Sets the tone for what that next year is going to be. Yeah, it really you does. Know? So you really have to, to ramp up and, and be prepared for that. Let me ask you real quick, just for people listening that want to do um, T-shirts. Mm hmm. What is the advantage or disadvantage, or is there is there one of yeah. doing FBA instead of merch by Amazon? Um, there are people that are successfully doing T-shirts on Amazon um, sure. that are doing FBA that are actually using FBA. A lot of those, I I believe, are screen printers, yeah. um, and they so have they have the <laughs> same screen that they've been doing for the last yeah. three years. Yeah. And so they've already invested their cost of creating the screens, um, and then they just keep, you know, stocking them up. The, the downside to it is you really have to have a proven winner because, um, and I would also recommend limiting your color selection on that particular yes. SKU because you don't yeah. want to have five different colors <laughs> no. and then five, five or six five different, different sizes. sizes. Yep. Um, you know, if you had one, you know, if you had one color, on a particular shirt that was selling really well, um, it might make sense to to then send in stock because you have to send in stock for all of those different sizes, and it right. just you know that can that can tie up a lot of capital, um, you know, because that's money that's sitting there. Yeah. yeah, and and if you have obviously you'll know your sales numbers, and you know p- perhaps larges sell more than smalls or whatever, so you send sure. in more larges, but you're really going to have to get into the numbers to, to make that educated decision on what yeah. you're going to send if you're doing T-shirts. Yeah, do, do you think, uh, and I'm spitballing here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll wrap up. Uh, do you think merch by Amazon could be a good um, kind of proof of concept if a design is selling like crazy on merch mm-hmm. by Amazon? You could maybe, if you have the means or the equipment, bring that in-house and list them yourself and now yeah. make more than you know $5 a shirt or, or whatever. Right, yeah. I, I definitely think um, that's a definite great proof of concept. I mean, if you are going to go the screen printing route, you've got to really play with your, you know, you, you need to know your um, number of colors. Sure. You know, uh, a one-color shirt that's doing well on Merch by Amazon is a, a lot more attractive for a screen printer yeah, yeah. than a full-color full shirt, color, yeah. you know. Absolutely. Um, and then when we're talking DTG, it's even a, a little less um, attractive unless you got one of those uh, 37 yeah. F3070s See? that can do it for a buck. Yeah, it's all a full circle. <laughs> yeah, it does. comes full circle. Just connect it, and then we're going to put a bow on it. Aww. So look at that. Anything else, Travis, about Amazon 101 that you feel would be you know pertinent to the listener that that we haven't already covered? Any kind of last yeah uh, I, comments? I mean, I, I uh, it's an incredible channel. It it is by far the 
best channel for yeah. getting eyeballs on your products. Yeah. Um, you're, any established seller will tell you that. I mean, uh, yeah. yes, Etsy is great when you're starting out because um, you know you can you can do a lot of things with Etsy. But if you really want to scale and you really want to create a business, yeah. I think you can't ignore Amazon. I mean, they are they are the 800 pound gorilla and they will <laughs> flail around like one at times yeah. and they, you can pull your hair out with some of the, and I could tell you stories and we'll, we'll get Mike on again yes. and he can tell you some stories yeah. about some horror, you know, <laughs> things that he's got had to deal with. And, um, but I mean, again, I said it earlier, that's just business, yeah. you know, anything that's worth anything is going to is going to, there's going to be some pain along the way. Yeah. And I think that's that really kind of sums up Amazon, you know. And then the other thing I want to say is, if, if you do have questions about Amazon, you know, shoot us an email. Yeah. Just we'd love to try to help you. We both have some expertise in that. And, yeah. Um, or if there's something that we didn't cover, maybe we could use uh, one of the point of interest segments to sure. cover something else. Sure. Um, so send us an e- email at info at printondemandcast dot com, and and uh, we'd love to help you out. Yeah, we would love to reach out and uh, and interact with you guys. So, yes, if you have questions, please do that. Uh, and I think that kind of wraps up this week's episode. As always, thank you guys so much for listening. As Travis said, you can reach us. You can contact us at info at printondemandcast.com. Let us know if you have questions or if there's a topic that you're dying for us to talk about or you want to know what kind of beer we drink when we record the podcast. <laughs> Whatever questions. We're open to any questions. So, um Yes, info at printondemandcast.com. You can find the podcast at printondemandcast.com. And as always, rate on iTunes and subscribe. It definitely helps us get seen more if this information that you've heard and and taken in over these last episodes has been useful. Please do that. It's greatly, greatly appreciated. Mm -hmm. Um, Anything else, Travis, before we uh, hit that outro music? Nope. Just appreciate you all listening. Keep coming back. All right, we'll see you next week right here on the Print On Demand Cast. See ya. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print On Demand Cast. We hope you enjoyed the show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next week. In a world where businesses everywhere are trying to make print-on-demand sales, one podcast goes above and beyond every week to bring the most POD-specific information there is. All to help save the day, every day. Don't succumb to the enemies of your print-on-demand business. Sign up today for the print-on-demand cast VIP email at printondemandcast.com slash VIP. This time, it's for real.